Hi, I'm Mac Harvey. And I'm Britt Pham. And welcome to Sunday School. At Sunday School, we begin every conversation with a grounding moment. We know some of you may be listening to us while you're in movement, so take any guidance you hear in any of our grounding moments as an opportunity to slow down and invite some extra intention into your life. As we get into today's conversation, I invite you to, if you can, put one hand on your heart, one hand on your belly, and think of a word that you want to guide you through the next part of your day. Once you have that word, go ahead and gently breathe it in and breathe it out. Breathe in your word. Breathe out your word. Breathe in. Breathe out. Allow that word to fill every inch of your body through the air you breathe. in every inch of your world through the air you breathe. Allow it to surround you and fill you. And when you're ready, go ahead and settle your hands to a comfortable position if you lifted them to your heart and belly before. And with that word guiding you through the rest of your day, Go ahead and resume whatever you were doing before. And let's get into it. Well, I have a big update since uh, we ended season one and then we went through Hot Girl Summer, which was (laughs) more like lost existential crisis girl summer, maybe. (laughs) Yeah, Hot Girl Summer is like so two years ago, okay? Yeah, Um. fuck that noise. (laughs) What were they calling it on TikTok? I think they were calling this summer Healing Girl Summer, which I didn't like. Healing Girl Summer? I was like, that's lame and not catchy at all. Existential Crisis Summer is way better. (laughs) Well, and I think it puts like a positive spin on it, like Healing Girl Summer, like self-care. And it's like, yeah, I healed a lot this summer, but I fucking hated some of it. Like, I didn't (laughs) like it all the time. Yeah, this so this weekly updates is going to be a little bit more of a yearly updates, especially like the first couple episodes of the season, I think will probably mm-hmm. be um, yeah. as we kind of start to get back into the rhythm of Sunday school. So yeah, what what are the biggest changes of your life, Mac? Well, my biggest one that I really am excited to share about here is that I kind of started to dip my toe back into the dating world. I 
re-downloaded my apps, turned on my notifications. And I, I like really intentionally like had conversations and I reshaped like my, my bio. And then I also biggest update was that I kind of saw this one guy pretty regularly for like about two and a half months. Yeah. We'll call him the, the chef. chef. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Chef. Um, uh, <laughs> because he was the head chef of a very fancy upscale restaurant here in Salt Lake City. I'm not going to say head chef. Yeah. A head chef, dude. It was hot, right? That, yeah, um, it was hot. yeah, it was pretty sexy. Um, and he was originally from Barcelona. He was a Scorpio. Mm. Um, which like, I only note that because I had never really dated a Scorpio man before or like been with a Scorpio man. I think they're like hot in theory. Cause remember, um, Chicago from last year was a Scorpio oh. man. Also oh. the first Scorpio man I'd been with. And when I first found out, I was like, oh my God, that's why he's so hot and mysterious and like yeah. sexy. But then he ended up being really chaotic. Um, yeah, that's... I'll let you wrap up the story because <laughs> yeah, I mean, spoiler alert, that's kind of what he was like, <laughs> uh, he was like really, really awesome on the outside. And like, you could tell he had that like water sign side to him where he was like very emotionally intelligent. And so we were very much on the same page, but I also was very clear about the fact that like, even though this is like quote unquote situationship, like there are no strings, I still require communication from you. And like, I need to know how you're feeling. And he was like, yes, absolutely. Like communication so important. And so uh, for like about three months, like once a week, we would like meet up and either like we would either like just have sex and then like go home or we would make a night of it, like watch a movie, make dinner, yeah. have sex, sleep over. Like it was just like a really good thing. And then um, one night we were hanging out and I was a little drunk. And so I said to him, hey, I just need to put this into words. Um, I really like what we're doing and I don't want anything to change. But I also need you to know that I have some feelings for you. Feelings enough that like it would really suck if you called me up tomorrow and told me you never wanted to see me again. And he was like, okay, so what do you need? And I was like, well, like I said, I don't want anything within our situation to change. I'm loving this. But like, I just need you to like tell me and like communicate your feelings to me if anything does change for you. And he was like, yes, absolutely. We had this whole great discussion about communicating and blah, blah, blah. And then what does this, what does the chef do? He calls me up one day and tells me he never wants to see me again. <laughs> like actually the opposite. Like he, he asked, he was like, what do you need? And you were like, this is what I need. And then he full on just didn't meet those needs. <laughs> we like had plans to hang out one night. And then like earlier that day, he just called me like randomly. Day, the day of. Yeah, the day of. He called me and it was like a really bad time. I was like sitting with my dad talking about car payments. So I answered the phone and he's like, hey, I'm so sorry for the short notice, but something came up and I can't hang out tonight. And I was like, oh, that's totally fine. Like shit happens. Yeah. He was like, yeah, thanks. And also, I don't think I have time to hang out with you ever again. And I was like, oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> So it was, like, kind of just, like, he just, like, dropped this bomb on me, like, in all the wrong ways and, like, the exact way I asked him not to do it. And 
I don't know, your partner said something to me that actually like it, it was true. You know, he was like, well, you know, they knew what this was like. Yeah. Yes, this was this situationship where I made it very clear from the beginning that I didn't need any commitment from him and he didn't want anything from me. But at the same time, like you're putting your parts inside my parts like. Yeah. And I wanted more of a conversation. And what I'm taking away from this was like me from like two, three years ago would have done everything I can to keep this person wanting me. And it, you know, took just like feeling sitting with the rejection, kind of letting myself feel angry about it. And then I moved on and I'm kind of just over it. Have you dated again since then? No, it kind of turned me back off. Because I remember when this was going down and like you called me and I was like driving to LA that day or something. And we talked yeah. for like a whole hour and I was like pissed. I was like, what the <laughs> fuck? Like, who? how dare he? I don't understand. Like, this is so bizarre. And at the time, like it truly was bizarre. It was like out of the yeah. booth. And I remember you thinking about like reaching out to him and following up and being like, hey, can we just like, I don't know, close the loop a little bit more. And yeah. I'm actually really happy. I was happy to hear when you said that you actually didn't end up doing that. Um, but at the same time, I'm just curious, like, what else did you see in that time where you kind of like let yourself sit with it? And like, why is it that you decided to actually ultimately not reach out? When I was thinking of reaching out, I even like typed out a draft of like a text in my notes app, something along the lines of like, hey, I just think I deserve a little bit more of a conversation. Can you give me an actual reason? And I was like, why am I looking to get rejected again? Yeah. Um, and then also I thought about, you know, what if he really does have some shit going on in his life? He doesn't owe me that information. And and if his feelings did change and he just like didn't really want to have sex with me anymore that's okay like you can't force anybody to like you yeah and so if he just wasn't feeling it like why would I want to seek out validation or like more sex from a person who like yeah. already tried to end it and walk away and so I just kind of let him go with grace and whatever he was feeling whatever the true reason is that he didn't want to see me anymore like that's okay with me. Well, I mean, I just want to acknowledge your not just maturity, but like grace with handling rejection because I think we all know like getting rejected fucking sucks. And there are plenty of people out there, <laughs> men, who don't know how to <laughs> fucking deal with it and instead go literally kill people. And like it just, it doesn't take that much to just like call your friend and cry about it and then sit with it for like 24 hours and like think through the process and just be like, you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. And it just reminds me of this. I think it was like a TikTok I saw or maybe just like a quote on Instagram about how, oh, it was Alok Manon, I think is their name, oh, the yeah. non-binary activist. And they were like, you don't need to understand me to like accept me. It's not about understanding. It's just about having compassion for like what I'm saying and believing that this is the truth. Yeah. And while I'm your best friend and I love you and I also was like, you deserve an answer. <laughs> I, after I've sat with it a little bit. <laughs> yeah, we, we right. both cooled off. <laughs> after I've cooled off from this rejection that you experienced. Um, I, I agree, you know, like he doesn't, owe you an explanation just like you wouldn't owe him an explanation if you were the one that 
broke it off because at the end of the day, the agreement was like people who have sex and sometimes hang out. Um, And I will say I've been thinking a lot about relationships in general in my life as just like a series of agreements. Like a lot of the times the breakdowns and the the communication tensions that we experience in relationships are because like there's no clear agreement for how we're supposed to operate with each other. And so you get frustrated when like you're playing a different game than somebody else is, but like there was never an agreement for the game that you're playing. So I think it's kind of nice because this thing with the chef, it's like there was an agreement and you guys were playing the same game and like he just decided he didn't want to play anymore. Exactly. Because I feel confident in myself. I think I'm super hot and if he doesn't want to have sex once a week with me, that's on him. That's his loss. And that's yeah. okay. Oh, I love that you said that <laughs> because I think it actually, this is another point of like dealing with rejection or heartbreak or like losing somebody is like, it's so important to like actually be okay with yourself because yeah. when you're not is when you start doing crazy shit, like, yeah. I don't know, holding on to somebody who like is literally saying, I don't want to be with you. I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. And like, there's just nothing more heartbreaking than seeing somebody, especially a woman, like go through that with a man. So tell us like where you're at now post uh, the chef and Mm. with dating. Yeah, I'm kind of moved back away from it. It's very fluid. And it's cool because I link it a lot to like my cycle and (laughs) like my menstrual cycle. I'm like, oh, period's coming in a couple weeks. I'm going to be feral. Like, And then then, like after my period, I'm just like, ew, you disgust me. Stay away. So it's just kind of, I'm just like going with the flow at this point. Like I just got a new car and I'm uh, reorganizing my budget and my life and trying to, you know, stay positive at work and not be completely soul sucked from this job. And, like, you know, put energy into my uh, already existing important relationships, like with you and my other friends and new people. And I just started a gym. And it's so great. I love it so much. And that's like a new relationship I really want to push and like habits I want to build. And I'm feeling that bring that is bringing me so much happiness right now. And so I think that's just what I want to put my focus into. So that's kind of just taking stock and I don't know, reorganizing my priorities. But then also maybe in a couple of weeks, those priorities will change. But enough about me. <laughs> <laughs> well, the biggest updates for me are that I'm fucking tired. <laughs> um, since our last weekly update, um, I've just been all over the place. The past year since we like last recorded Sunday school was just full of the most travel I've ever done in my life, which I'm so grateful for and also exhausted. From I have not been home for a straight month since April 2022. So for nine months, I have traveled at least once a month. Um, And most of it has been for work and just incredible opportunities. Um, The highlight of which is creating an artist residency in the Wadi Rum Desert as part of Uh, a consulting and experience design studio that I am a co-founder of called One of Many. And we brought 20 creators and leaders from around the world together in the Wadi Rum Desert to talk about um, reclaiming creativity and elevating some really critical social conversations. Uh, 
and we're going to continue doing that annually. So that's a huge part of my life. Mm. And beyond that, I am still in a relationship. I have not been dating. (laughs) I've been in an extremely committed monogamous relationship. And he's great. He's a dime. <laughs> he's the best. Uh, we just celebrated an anniversary and we're starting to talk about moving in together, which is the first time I've ever been in a relationship where I've reached that point where like we're talking about long-term plans like that. Um, and the way that we did it was very us. It was very like intentional, kind of just we reflected on our past year together on our anniversary and we set goals for what our next year together would look like. And one of those is living together. So we've been just having continuous conversations about um, our needs and and what we want out of that, which has been really exciting and special and like nerve wracking (laughs) (laughs) because I've never been in a place where I've had to like really consider another person in my long-term plans and in the way that I spend money and set up my space. And so I think (laughs) a big part of this past year has been learning how to like truly be in a partnership and make space for somebody else in my life and like really reckoning with how selfish I can be, Um, which has been really confrontational (laughs) because I think in the past I've, I've chosen partners and been in partnerships where I like inadvertently kind of have this upper hand where like I'm the more put together one, I'm the fixer, I'm the one making the plans and making the calls and kind of pushing us forward. And Mm. now I'm in a situation where it's like very, very equal, which is incredible. And it also means like I have to take a step back and let go of control. It's so crazy because I I look back at like uh, your past relationships and like you said like you were always like the fixer like the more like maternal role and I think it gave you a lot of control which feels very safe and it but it's also like not sustainable as we've learned because obviously you're not in those relationships anymore have you noticed that like it was more so like the people you were with that was causing that or maybe like your own uh you know, I don't want to say issues, but like <laughs> your own like way you just of call me a control freak. It's going fine. about <laughs> your own fucked up personality traits. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think it's a little bit of both. I think for when it comes to like my own toxic side, that yeah. was more like subconscious and subtle. Like I think mm. that because I hadn't really addressed my desire for control and safety, I was subconsciously choosing people who I could control and feel safe with, right? Mm -hmm. And then when it comes to those people, without assigning blame to anybody, just because of the nature of like who those people were, we were in partnerships where only one side of me was really allowed to shine, which was the fixer, nurturing, maternal controlling making the decisions kind of person yeah and it was you know looking back on it pretty one-dimensional and now this partnership I'm in with Forerunner is very multi-dimensional and there's a lot of aspects of myself that are being allowed to shine now Mm-hmm. Yes, sometimes I do still make the decision because he's a Libra and <laughs> he like can't fucking make a decision for where we eat half the time and it drives me nuts sometimes. And yeah. then there are other sides of myself that are being allowed to shine 
most notably like my artistic and creative side where I get to be a little bit more chaotic. And so sometimes I'm like, am I the crazy person here? (laughs) Am I the problem now? (laughs) And it's fun, you know, it's, it's fun to get to be a little bit more like artsy in inside of a partnership. So that's just been taking up, you know, a lot of space in my life and to kind of wrap up my weekly update been realizing how much space certain things take up in my life, man. Like I think this past year has been big for my personal relationships. Like, yeah. And that has, I think, taken a lot of space and energy in a way that I didn't even really fully acknowledge until recently. Mm. Um, and which means that in my as Forerunner calls it, my life pie, other parts of my life, like my work, my career, my um, creativity have sort of lessened in mm-hmm. a way that's been deeply uncomfortable because usually those are like huge parts of my life pie. Um, and so I think right now I'm in a place where I'm just figuring out how to like recalibrate and have a better relationship with what's on my plate. So that's kind of what we're talking about in today's episode is just like life balance and this general feeling of, I think, like fatigue and overwhelm that we're both feeling. And I think a lot of people are feeling right now. (laughs) So uh, let's, uh, let's go to church on that. So I want to start this church segment by sharing about a therapy session I recently had. <laughs> Free therapy. Uh, Woo. Yeah, we love therapy on this podcast. Um, I recently had an awesome session with my therapist where I was talking about this feeling of having such a full plate at all times and realizing how precariously balanced it is at all times. And like the minute anything kind of shifts in my life, I'm kind of like, oh shit, like my plate's like overflowing and it's, Mm. it's tough. Um, I was sharing with my therapist how I don't want to give anything up on my plate. And so we were kind of working through like, okay, well, what could it look like if I, um, you know, was more mindful about what I put on my plate day to day, like maybe one day I eat mac and cheese. And then the next day it's like, oh, I can have some vegetables now because I had mac and cheese the day before. So instead of having like a plate that's like mac and cheese and vegetables and steak and all of these things, (laughs) it's just like a daily rebalancing. Um, And through that conversation, what I realized is that I've been relating to certain things in my life, like my relationship with Forerunner, my relationship with my family, and like personal things as the indulgent mac and cheese. Mm. And my work as the necessary like vegetables. And in my session with my therapist, I realized that it's actually reverse. Like my personal relationships are the things that actually nourish me and like rest and 
things that bring me joy are the vegetables. And as somebody who identifies as a recovering workaholic, my work (laughs) is actually the indulgent mac and Mm. cheese. I think in the past, before COVID and all of the like self-development and like (laughs) self-discovery that I'd done, I was just like generally always like exhausted and burnt out and tired, but in this way that was really numbing. And in the past few years, as I've like really worked on myself and like untangled my relationship with work and I've felt so much more and I've like let these feelings in and really realized like, okay, like there's just so much more to me than this. Mm -hmm. And my life has become more three-dimensional and it's also become fuller and more expanded. And so like, I'm overwhelmed and like tired in this like very new way. (laughs) (laughs) And um, it's a good tired. It's a good tired. And so I've just kind of been dealing with like how to balance my life in a way that works for me. And that's kind of always changing. And I just don't really have any answers. Um, (laughs) right now other than to try to let myself have more vegetables my favorite part of that was like that reframe that you did where like oh these like my friendships and my fun time and like watching a movie having a movie night with my partner is like not indulgent that's like what you need to survive and be happy because if we devote our whole lives to like the necessary work it can't be what your main focus is every all day, every day. And so I really love that because like I have been also really trying to like organize my life and I'm just always tired and always feeling overwhelmed. And like you said, we don't have the answers now. We haven't like epiphany light bulb figured it out. We're on top of our shit. Like it's a day by day thing. What is it that's overwhelming you in your life right now? Like, let's get specific. Mm, I feel really overwhelmed. Basically around, like, spending. And now that I, like, have broken down my budget more, it's like, I can do it. It's sustained. It's, like, uh, sustainable, I use as a very loose term. But it's, like, you know, it's, like, okay, I'm saving a little bit of my paychecks each month. But, like, it just sucks how little it is. So I think, like, a lot of my anxiety and my overwhelm comes from, like, the necessary spending versus like the spending that like is a little bit indulgent and that gives me a little bit of a serotonin boost. I think for me too, a big part of my overwhelm is rooted in money. Mm. Um, I took a corporate job in the last year for money and I'm constantly readjusting my energy around it, which is a huge part of just like my current exhaustion. And I'm so grateful that I get paid really well for it. And at the same time, I'm like, where does all my fucking money go? And like a good part of it goes to taxes. And then I got to like save for retirement. And then I got to like pay my monthly bills. And then I got to save more for the future so that I have a six month like fucking saving bank. And I'm like, what? I feel like our parents' generation was so different. I mean, we all millennials say this, Mm. but like our parents' generation was genuinely so different. And like, we're constantly shit on for like spending money on iced coffee and like (laughs) going out with our friends. And it's like, why can we not enjoy things? Yeah. Are we just supposed to like work nonstop forever and then retire when we're 70? I don't know about you, but I'm like just trying to like 
live joyfully (laughs) and like have a nice life while I'm here. (laughs) And if that means that like, I don't save as much money as I quote unquote should be, or if I can't have children, which I don't even really want mostly because I probably can't afford it. Yeah. Like, so be it. And I just, I just think it's important to acknowledge like all of this processing of feeling and like stress takes energy it actually reminds me of a lesson I learned over this past summer when I was working with um, an incredible like anti-capitalist coach and I was kind of sharing with her like everything that's on my plate and how I'm so grateful for it and she was like well even though like something is fulfilling to you and you're grateful for it doesn't mean it doesn't also take up a lot of space and it doesn't suck a lot of energy Mm. So I just think it's really important to like give ourselves some grace and compassion and kindness and just like acknowledge like we're dealing with a lot of shit right now. Like being in our 20s in this current day and age, the current geopolitical climate, fucking climate anxiety, (laughs) overpopulation, pandemics, actually twindemics now because it's flu season and apparently we're in a twindemic, like it's just like insane it's insane i mean you know every generation combined like everyone just wants to be happy but i think our views of what happiness is is very different between like our parents generation versus us whereas like our happiness maybe is more like day by day and my uh, you know i'll speak to my parents their happiness seems more like when you're 60 (laughs) yeah and like when you've when you've made it and it's like I want to be happy now (laughs) (laughs) I think we need to again give ourselves kindness give ourselves compassion and just like take it day by day because I'm definitely somebody who wants like a long-term plan and I want like long-term guarantee that I will be happy if I do this one thing (laughs) and like that's just not possible and it's truly just like the day-by-day stuff does add up. And if we do intentionally live each day filling our plate with what we want to fill it with, I think in the long run it will pay off. And mm, that's really tough to just kind of have the faith that it will. Yeah. And I actually wanted to share with you, one of my mantras recently has been faith over fear. It's something that I Mm. got from my friend Nandita And I created a collaborative playlist around it actually that you've added to. And I just tell myself that all the time because I think like so much of the exhaustion that I'm dealing with right now also comes from this like fear of the unknown and just like living in so much uncertainty all the time in every aspect of my life and the world. And I just need to constantly remind myself to like trust that the steps I'm taking are meeting the universe where it wants to meet me. Yeah. And that requires an enormous amount of faith. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to eat my chocolate now. <laughs> I haven't had breakfast, so I'm eating chocolate uh, for breakfast because live fast, die young, baby. I want to be happy today. <laughs> oh my God. Side note, that reminded me. I just went to like a book club brunch with some of my friends and we went to like a D's diner, like so cheap and just like classic diner loved it and the table across from us with this like family it was like a mom and a dad and two kids and the older 
uh, kid, this this girl, and this was at like 9.30 a.m. on a Sunday. She was eating a plate of spaghetti and meatballs with garlic bread and orange juice as a drink. And then it turned out to be her birthday. And she got a little like cupcake with a candle in it. And we all sang happy birthday for her. And we were all like, go off, queen. If you want <laughs> the spaghetti and meatballs dinner from the from the D's diner at 9.30 a.m., you fucking get that shit. Like, eat what you want when you want. Spaghetti and meatballs with garlic bread and orange juice is, like, one of my favorite meals. It's so it's good. Actually, I support it. So, anyway, eat your chocolate for breakfast. Everything in moderation. Fill your plate. And I think just, like, overall, like, be kind to yourself. I think that's been, like, a good theme of this conversation is, like, put yourself first like obviously you have to like be a responsible adult in this world and like you know take accountability for how you're contributing to this world but like also do it in a way that like long term you're gonna be happy the last thing I want to say on that is that the things that fill our cups and like give us that serotonin often have a lot to do with community and other people and our relationships yeah and because of the pressures of this world, I think so many of us are forced into living these really siloed individualistic lives, which as we have learned so much over the past couple of years, is just like not sustainable or good for the world. I would even offer that not only is filling your cup good for you, it's good for other people too. Like I would just say that we need to remind ourselves that we exist in context of community and our relationships. I know that can seem kind of overwhelming and I don't say that in a way of like a social justice, like we need to be doing more for our communities, which we do. But (laughs) I say that more in a way of like, it will also serve us and it will also feed us. And we continually remind ourselves to like go out and be in relationship with other people because Yes, it seems like a lot of work and like we've talked about this in our weekly updates that sometimes it's like fucking exhausting to like even just date, right? But at the end of the day, like the more we put ourselves out there and connect and stay connected, the more it will serve us. I mentioned earlier the concept of the life pie, which is a forerunner concept. And then we also were using that uh, plate metaphor. So I'm just going to kind of roll with that. Mm. My weekly assignment this week is to spend some time with yourself drawing out your life pie or your plate, Mm. your life plate, and really assess like how much space each category of your life is really taking up. Like Usually for me, this looks like work, my partnership, my family, my social life, and then my like spiritual personal life of like Mm. self-care and creativity. Create your own categories, whatever works for you. And then really assess how much space each of them is taking up. And then once you kind of have that visual diagram, asking yourself how you might want to rebalance it, if at all, and the concrete actions that you can take maybe even in the next week to rebalance Mm, I love that 
my assignment would be to, you know, once you've assessed the things that you're putting onto your plate day by day, really do your best to approach it with like kindness towards yourself and don't be so hard on yourself. You know, if maybe you don't meet that, this deadline that you've set in your head and just sit back and say, okay, you know, I didn't, I didn't finish what was on my plate and that's okay because leftovers exist. Just approach everything that we've been talking about today with kindness towards yourself because at the end of the day, it's just most important to be kind to yourself and there's already so much hard shit going on. You don't need to be hard on yourself. Yeah. Do one nice thing for yourself today. Yeah. Anyway, do you have anything else for the people? Uh, no, just have a relaxing Sunday or whatever day you're listening to this on and give yourself a big hug and drink lots of water and stay cozy out there. Amen. Amen. Sunday School was created by me, Britt Pham. And me, Mac Harvey. Our theme music is originally by Caleb Spaulding and remixed by Annie Klang. The music you hear during our grounding breath are crystal singing bowls, composed and played by Jackie Cantwell. This episode was edited by Danielle Costa. You can find us on Instagram at sunday.school. School is spelled S-X-H-O-O-L. Nice. Brad. Chicka chicka.